0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here. And on the screen next to me, or is it this way? It's this way. Is the, the I would call them the power couple oh. uh, of thru hiking <laughs> for the summer. And that would be Mr. and Mrs. Stringer, Bridget, and Jeremiah.
1: Hello.
2: How you doing, guys?
0: Hey, we're doing pretty good, man.
2: Everything is good. My,
1: my body is slowly recovering from all the travel that we've done because. We had uh, quite the adventure to make it home, and Mm. then the day after we got back, there was a six-hour time change, and I hadn't got to play pickup basketball in like six weeks. You know how much I love basketball. Yep. So, immediately the next day, even with the time change, I went and played for like an hour and a half, two hours, and I was already a little bit sick, and had like a sore throat and just run down and stuff, because you sleep three or four hours every night, and then you know you're spending multiple hours traveling just really run my body down so the last couple of days haven't done a whole lot and we're slowly nursing our way back to health
0: well good for those who don't know uh jeremiah and bridget just finished the camino de santiago uh from france to spain hiking over 500 miles mm-hmm. um it, what an incredible trip for you guys man i was I was watching every Instagram picture, photo, <laughs> video, you know, just loving watching your journey and, uh, oh, and we got a little, uh, shout out. Celeste Hikes is on here. Hello. So, hey Celeste, how are you? Or Celestial, Celestial Hikes. I should spell that right. There we go. Um, but I just gotta know, I gotta know how long did it take to get your trail legs? Mm. <laughs> That's a good question.
1: Bridget, you have a good answer for it? <laughs>
2: um, I think it took me a little bit longer than most people because from the very first day, I had a blister on my pinky toe and then immediately got a sinus infection. So six days in, I had to take a couple of days off uh, to get rid of the blisters and the sinus infection. Then we started going again. Um I think probably two and a half weeks before I got pretty comfortable with my trollex.
1: Yeah, if you will uh, let me show something on the screen here, John. Well, before I will... you do that,
0: have got a big congrats to you from uh, our friend Devin over oh. Backcountry Exposo. Congrats on the completions, guys! Thank Thanks. you so much,
1: Devin. Appreciate it. Um, so, just to give you, you... Want to show some pictures here. Uh, actually, I want to show a map of like basically the route so I can give you some context on um, our our uh, journey across. So I'll pull it up here. So if you look at the picture if you're watching online Saint John Peterpo that's in France and mm-hmm. just close to the border. you can see in the kind of the cutout here you got France to the north and then Spain and Portugal to the west. So if you start at Saint. Jean, the first day is to Roncevalles and you are basically doing the hardest day of trail in the very first day. Like you got to cross over the Pyrenees. So the
0: first day,
1: first mm-hmm. day, you got the most elevation gain, and yeah. um, the steepest. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'll show you a couple photos of of what that looks like and describe it to you. But you are you're starting in Saint John, which I have my Instagram pulled up. If you're not watching online, you're just listening. And you pick up a pilgrim passport, and then the next, you know, that next day, let me see if I can uh, reshare this so you can see what I'm seeing. So here's St. John, which is where you get your pilgrim passport, or you can order it online, and that gets Mm -hmm. stamped every day. And you start, oh, sorry, Mm -hmm. I went back to our uh, little excursion in Paris. (laughs) And then you go to the Pyrenees. And you can see Mm -hmm. we walked through like a bunch of sheep. That is so cool. Yeah, and and they tagged these sheep with just spray Mm -hmm. paint so that they know who's there are. But you could see some absolute beauty. And what we did was, um, John, if you want to switch back over to us. So we split up that first day, which is the hardest day, Mm -hmm. into two separate days. And that meant that we got an an early finish on the first day. Mm -hmm. And we only done like a third of it and then finished the Pyrenees section the next day. So instead of doing it all in one day, that really helped preserve some of our uh, energy mm-hmm. and fatigue on our legs so that we could start getting our trail legs. And I'd say for me, it probably took maybe a week or so, but you do on average about 25 kilometers a day. Would you say that's mm-hmm. accurate, Bridget? Barely accurate. Mm-hmm. So 25 kilometers. Right. Now, Bridget,
0: kilometers. Go ahead, you John. mentioned blisters uh. and you mentioned... So you went through those first couple days of the highest elevation and the craziest part of the whole thing Mm -hmm. with blisters and a sinus infection.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I had my backpack, and we hadn't – see, you know, over time, and you know this, as you've gone backpacking, you decide what you actually need, what you don't actually need while you're walking. And we were already using a luggage transport service to send our luggage ahead every day. And so – like, those first couple of days were when our packs were the heaviest anyway because we decided to take things out as we went. So, yeah, it was a super great start. <laughs> yeah, her her toes,
1: i describe it as, like, onions. Oh. She, would, she, she started in some Hoka running shoes, mm-hmm. and I guess they're a little bit too narrow for your feet.
2: For hiking, yeah.
1: She runs in them at home, but um, we made it to Pamplona, which is only – I don't know a few days in, days in Six
2: days in
1: six days in and then she uh really needed new shoes yeah. so we found a place well, where she could buy new shoes and that kind of
0: gave her a little bit more grace for the blisters yeah yeah six days hiking though in shoes that are the wrong shoes <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good your, your feet become swiss cheese real quick i've, yeah. I've been there I've, I've had that so so jeremiah this was your second long trail Mm-hmm. and Bridget this was your first mm-hmm. It uh, was. so now nah, I have to tell you something this is really interesting and if anybody who's watched this show for a while when you hear this you might like gasp when you hear it <laughs> but I was sharing with my wife Rio what you guys were doing and she goes they're going to hike 500 miles I was like yeah <laughs> but but they're hiking through villages and mm-hmm. they're going to be staying in albergues and went through the whole thing and, and my wife literally looked at me and she goes I would do that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) My wife who hates hiking,
0: she said she would be willing to do that. So I think we're going to make plans for when the kids graduate high school and they're out of the house. That may be what we end up doing because I've been trying to get that woman hiking with me for, (laughs) gosh, now like eight years. And I may actually get her to do it now. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. And so you guys were an inspiration. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's broken up into stages. It's like mm-hmm. 33 stages if you do that 25 kilometers, mm-hmm. which is like 15 ish miles a day. But yeah. you don't have to do that whole thing. So uh, if you and Rhea get over there, you could start halfway to the finish line or you could take a totally different route that's shorter Mm -hmm. or you could take a totally different route that's longer and you could do all kinds of detours so
2: or you could separate the stages up as much as you want to because every day you're going through multiple towns and villages
1: yeah you got total flexibility Mm -hmm. so that really it makes you know the world your oyster over there so you all can kind of pick your own adventure i think it'd be a really good fit and you get to shower every day and sleep in a bed it's wonderful yeah so well that wonderful. was the whole thing
0: for her she's she doesn't like sleeping outside mm-hmm. and she doesn't like bugs <laughs> yeah. and, and being sweaty like that's not her thing and so when i'm telling her all about this she was getting all excited now i do want to ask because it was it was a 500 mile trek that we're talking about here mm-hmm. how much weight did you guys lose <laughs> on wow. trail So, Bridget, we'll start with you because we've already talked, and you said it was okay to share this online. Oh yeah, I'm real careful about asking these things.
2: Um, it was about seven ish pounds whenever I came back, but then like I ate a whole bunch of junk food, so I went right back up the next day a little bit. (laughs) Um, but then (laughs) it was ended up being a little bit more than seven when my body like I was just eating regular after we'd returned. So, yeah, about eight pounds altogether, I
1: think. Yeah, and you know how it is when you're traveling mm-hmm. and you have to abstain from some of your favorite foods yes. they're just not available you know maybe you're on a mission trip or you take a a week vacation or something and it's in a different country mm-hmm. And you just don't have access to your comfort foods from home. Right. Yes. Sometimes you almost have no choice but to lose weight. And then you get back home, and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to pack all, I got to get the all those things that I was looking forward to for however long. I need to eat those immediately. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh. And then the next couple of days, you're like, okay, I got to eat normal. <laughs> so I think that we've done that same thing. Yeah. And before we left, I was probably around 220, 225. And then, um, like I said, I'm still kind of recovering. Like yesterday, I wasn't really hungry. I only ate some chicken fajitas for dinner. But other than that, I didn't eat the whole day. And this morning, I was like 2'12 and a half. So for me, it was like 10 to 12 pounds. But I could see that definitely fluctuating depending on, you know, how much I'm recovered and getting back on a normal eating cycle. But I do feel like... Maybe it's just the the style of eating in Spain. Yeah. But it kind of forces you to change your portion size and your eating habits just due to the availability and the serving size. Because everything, every day closes for siesta. So you get into town and it, it feels like... There's an apocalypse. Like there's bars over every window. <laughs> yeah, like the streets are totally empty. There's so no cars true. driving. It it is so <laughs> it's creepy.
2: It's weird. It's creepy for sure.
1: You can you can find like a, a bar or something that has snacks oh, yeah. and there's burgers. always a bar open. There's always a bar always open. Always a bar. Every hour. <laughs> um and you can get, you know, something to drink and get you mm-hmm. a, a sandwich or something. But if you're wanting some real food, you can't You got to catch it at the right time. So I think it kind of forces you to change your eating habits. And that in turn, just that, that break in the, uh, the normal routine that you have will definitely force weight loss and and in conjunction with walking 15 miles a day. That's what I was
2: going to say. But also you're literally exercising every single day for hours on end. And then I know for me, while I was over there, I would get to lunchtime and I could hardly eat anything. Like I'd be so hungry, Mm -hmm. but then I'd get full super fast. And then that was very very common most of the trip was i just couldn't eat a lot at a time like my stomach had shrank
0: <laughs> nice well can can i share something with you guys yeah i didn't absolutely. tell you this before we got on air but since you guys left i've lost 28 pounds <gasps> oh congratulations yes! man congratulations!
1: i've been following you on instagram yeah, You're, uh, yeah. I, I started doing days the hard.
0: 75 hard program and uh i made it okay so so i made it to day sixty one. Mm -hmm. And I was camping, it was this weekend, it was Friday, and I was camping in Lake Malone, down near Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And me and my buddy Sean are camped out and we're talking and I was showing him the book I was going to read that night and all that stuff. And I went to bed and I passed out and never read. (gasps) And I, I failed 75 hard because I didn't read my 10 pages on Friday night.
1: Yeah, what's the rules on the seventy-five hard? Because I've I've seen on your Instagram you've been doing pretty much a daily post kind of mm-hmm. holding yourself accountable.
0: I've loved it. I yeah, love seeing it. Yeah, it's it's uh you have certain things you have to check off a list. So you have to drink a gallon of water a day, you have to do two workouts a day, and one has to be outside, and they both have to be at least 45 minutes. Uh you have to read 10 pages out of a nonfiction book every single day. You have to take a progress picture every single day and you are not, you are allowed no cheat meals or alcohol. And if you, if you fail on any one of those things, you have to start over.
3: Oh, oh no. So,
0: so yeah, so I'm not starting over cause I, I've been doing two workouts a day for 61 days and my body hurts. <laughs> and so I, uh, I'm not going to do another. I'm not going to do 135 straight days of 136 straight days of double workouts, but I am continuing with most of the program. I'm just not going to work out on the weekends. So I'm still drinking a gallon of water a day. I'm still working out two days a week or two weeks, two times a day. I can't talk. I'm um, still doing the reading, still doing everything. I'm just not in 75 hard anymore. So, wow. and it's become a habit. You know how they say so 21 good. days takes to make a habit? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's all habit now. I don't even think about it. But the reading I missed because I was tired and so uh,
1: that may be the hardest part of the whole challenge for me if i were to do that is actually,
0: reading every pictures. day the pictures it's the pictures the oh, pictures Because really? you forget about it if you knew how many times i'd get ready for bed and realize i didn't take my pictures uh-huh. i have to go find a tripod somewhere <laughs> set it up in my living room and try and take a picture because i forgot to ask ria to take my picture before i went to bed <laughs> so, it's ridiculous okay so enough okay that's it i just that's it about me I want to talk all about the Camino oh. um, I'll tell you what let's 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 break this up into a few sections okay okay first I want to talk about the high spots the the really cool places you've been to okay, okay. then I want you to tell me about the cool people you met along the way oh. and then I want you guys just to share the things that you're gonna take with you after this whole thing ended so is right. that, does that work for you guys wonderful Works for me yeah all right, so let's let's talk about some of the high spots. Let's talk about some of your favorite places you saw, maybe the albergues that you stayed at, the towns you went to. What were your favorite places? Um,
1: is it okay if we switch back over to the Instagram? Because I've done a daily Instagram post to try to, yeah, um, you know, like document the journey as we went because I am doing videos of this. I actually – I just – I just downloaded from iCloud all of the pictures and videos and there was a 1000 a and like 200 video clips and there's like 700 pictures. So, I got a ton of content to go through. One thing I absolutely loved was um, you know, Bridget said that she had blisters and she had to take some time off and she got sick. So, mm-hmm. this first picture that I'm showing is actually the place where we split ways. We've been together basically 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, and then we got to this part of the journey. And this is uh Fuente del Vino, which is like the wine fountain or the fountain of wine. It, and you know, it's
0: funny you say that because Outside Comfort Zone said, Look, we're amped that the backpacking podcast is back, but let's talk about the wine. <laughs> 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 that's wild,
1: <laughs>
2: that's hilarious. Uh,
1: yeah, so. Bridget, you want to kind of describe the situation here and what happened next?
2: Yeah, so this was, I think, day six or seven on the trail. And mind you, we spent, like, three days in Paris. So, like, we traveled one day, stayed in Paris for two nights, traveled another day, and then we start hiking. So, I mean, this is, like, ten days into 24-7 togetherness. <laughs> and so, um we're in another country, I'm sick, I've got these terrible blisters, and I made the decision that I definitely want to see the wine fountain. It was first thing in the morning, like three kilometers or something, and it wasn't far, and I was like really scared to split from Jeremiah, because like I said, we'd been together constantly, we're in this other country, and we don't speak Spanish fluently, and so it was a big deal to even go to the wine fountain and then decide, okay, we're going to split ways. Um, the wine fountain was so cool. I wish we had arrived at it in the afternoon, though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you
1: can switch back over to us, John. I just wanted to show the picture of the fountain. Yeah, yeah we got there 7:30,
2: like 7.30 in the morning.
1: 8 o'clock. It was a little too early for wine. We but, tried it
2: anyway. <laughs> yeah, we drank. Some
1: people fill up a whole bottle. So yeah. it's basically like... We hadn't reached the point where we were in wine land, basically. No, not yet. yet. Right. Um, there's vineyards everywhere, but mm-hmm. it was a few more days walking. And there is this wine company there that on the Camino, they have a fountain that you can just walk up and get yourself a cup of wine or a glass or a bottle or whatever mm-hmm. container that you happen to have on you at the time. Yeah. And all these pilgrims or peregrinos. Um, you know, it's customary to try the wine, you know, and some of our friends got like a whole bottle and just got drunk all day and walked <laughs> and drank the wine out of a bladder. Uh, Bridget and I, uh, it was seven 30 in the morning, oh. a little bit too early, start drinking, but we did have a, yeah. a sip of the wine, then parted ways. Yeah. And then we made it to Los Arcos that day. And she, Bridget mentioned earlier that there's a transport service. So we mm-hmm. took luggage so that whenever we were in Paris, we could explore and stuff and leave our luggage at the hotel, and then we yeah. decided that anything that we didn't want to carry in our backpack along the way, we could just kind of ship each day from one albergue or hostel or hotel to the next. Mm-hmm. So right. you would have an envelope, and you would send them a message on WhatsApp. The company that we use most of the time was Jockotrons, mm-hmm. and you would text them, hey, can you pick up my luggage here and drop it off here? Here's the mm-hmm. date. And, uh, and then you'd put, you know 5 10 bucks however much it cost in the envelope and then they'd pick it up and it be it would be there when you got there but on this particular day um, we had to ship the luggage even though Bridget was taking a bus cuz she was going to see a doctor
3: mm-hmm.
2: At least and, that was the plan
1: yeah and things didn't go according to plan oh. because Los Arcos was the place that we went ended up and that was whenever we actually met this core group of people that you'll learn mm-hmm. about later and our luggage wasn't there
2: I went back twice to look for the Man. luggage. Um, this was like when I first got there, I guess nine ten a.m. And then I went back again at like 1 p.m. And it still wasn't there. So I couldn't take a nap because I didn't have the luggage. And I didn't know where we were sleeping at because uh, we knew that we could send our luggage somewhere, pick it up, take it wherever we were going to be at. Um, we had sent it to a municipal Um, albergue and recently law had changed and they no longer accept suitcases in these locations only backpacks through the transport service
1: yeah i'll give you a little i'll give you a little bit more context so your daily routine is typically you wake up at six to seven uh, especially if you're in like a bunkhouse like an albergue that there's 20 people in a room or something because everybody starts getting up five 6, somewhere in there. Some people really early and get Mm -hmm. started before it gets too hot and then you'll walk. And then at lunch, maybe you'll check your guidebook and stuff. Um, Maybe have a late breakfast or something. Mm -hmm. And then you can either walk up and see if one of the villages or the towns that you walk into every, I don't know, zero to five to 10 kilometers apart, You can walk up to the pensions or hotels Mm -hmm. or albergues or sleeping quarters and say, do you have a bed available? But we most of the time would use like booking.com and just go ahead and do it the day before. That way we could send our luggage.
0: Yes. Well, so let me ask you this Yeah, while you're talking about these. What is the cost, the average cost per night to stay in one of these albergues? Uh, Well, it
2: depends on the type of albergue. Yeah. Uh, Some of the cheapest ones were... Eight euros a bed.
1: Yeah, seven euros. Those are usually the municipalities, though. Yeah, and so they're that's around by the so city. Really large. What what, what
0: is that buckets. in dollars? Because um, I don't know. I think
1: it's like what that is. eighty-four it's just, cent for every one euro. So yeah. you're paying whatever we say in euros. Add sixteen percent to it, and that's okay. roughly so maybe that's roughly, ten
2: to twelve dollars. Yeah, maybe if it's an eight euro yeah. bed.
1: Yeah, ten like ten percent. of that would be 80 cents, so maybe a dollar more on the low amounts. But, yeah, the municipalities are run by the cities, and um, that keeps the cost very low because they're subsidized, but also, you know, it's a government-ran thing, so it's not going to be as nice as, um, you know, some of the private places.
2: Now, that was one thing that we ended up doing a lot more often was a private stay, and those were more like, 60 euros a night
1: yeah it could be could be 35 euros yeah. so around 40 bucks maybe mm-hmm. or it could be um you know 80 euros if it's yeah. a really nice place you know like they're all though cheaper than staying at like a yeah. holiday inn or something in the states
2: everything is so much cheaper in spain
1: yeah but i don't know if it's actually that much cheaper because after you do the conversion yeah then that'd be similar yeah but anyway um to answer your question about the Albergues. If it's municipality, um, it's going to be a bunkhouse typically. Maybe mm-hmm. the rooms have 100 people in them. Maybe yeah. it has 50, maybe it has 20. It just depends. And it could be separate rooms. So, smaller number of bunk beds or mm-hmm. single beds without bunks above them. Um, the private run Albergues usually run you 10 to 15 euros. Mm-hmm. And then, if you wanted the hotel, Bridget already said earlier they call them like hostels, 30 to 60 like a cheaper hotel, and um, that can get you either a shared bathroom or a private bathroom, and it's kind of like a little hotel room, mm-hmm. like a yeah,
0: a cheaper version of it. Yeah. Um, but Jeff Peters said uh, Google says current exchange rate is one euro equals a dollar twelve.
2: So I had twelve cents every euro.
0: Yeah. So
1: that makes sense. It it was a little bit worse whenever we were there. Yeah. Because you're losing. The exchange rate is a big deal because every time it you changes. go. Yeah. yeah, it changes every day. And every time you go to the ATM and you want to pull out, you know, however much, 200 euros, we'll say, to get you your next four beds mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, you're having to pay a fee at the ATM, and then you're having to to exchange too. Yeah. And s- sometimes the exchange rate online doesn't match the exchange rate that the bank or the currency like business is going to give you. So you lose, every time I pulled out like $300, I'd only get like $230. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a crappy, $300 is like 230 euros. So it's a crappy right, exchange right. rate. But yeah. And I still have like 40 euros just laying down here on the coffee table. Like what <laughs> am I going to do with that? Because we can't spend them. You know, if it's a $10 <laughs> fee to get it exchanged, plus the exchange rate, you're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, this is worthless. Yeah. But, but anyway,
2: you had an original question, which was the highlights of our trip. So the wine fountain uh, on the way to Los Arcos was definitely one of the highlights. One of my favorite cities was Pamplona. Um, in Pamplona, it's like there's this big, huge fortress that surrounds the city. And so it kind of looks a little weird as you're walking up to it. It's like, oh, I think the city's in there, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Uh And you cross the gate, the city gate, which I know that you had a picture up there of us at the city gate. I think it's farther down. Yeah, right there.
1: Oh, Pamplona? Yeah,
2: Yeah, that was to Pamplona.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That's where they do the running of the bulls. They actually just had it. I was just going to ask that. I was going to ask if that was the running of the bulls.
2: It is. Oh, Pamplona was beautiful. That's where she got
1: her uh, new shoes. But we got there on a Sunday. And everything's closed on Sunday. We
3: did it ice cream. Yeah, delicious <laughs> ice cream.
1: But on Sundays they take it very seriously, and usually only like restaurants are going to be open. So Not the best picture, but it's
2: yeah, okay. can't really do shopping <laughs> stuff.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So that was what? What are the places? I mean, you guys saw so much. I, I remember looking at the pictures, and it was, it was the one with the sheep. Like I know it was early on in the hike, mm-hmm. but that was so cool seeing all the sheep and then the oh, mountains in yeah. the backdrop. Um, I'll give. What you other countryside one. did you see? Were, were there other places like that along the way? So, a lot of it is like road walking, mm-hmm.
1: but there's different parts. Like I'll show you this picture. So this is a more of a remote mm-hmm. region. We done 32 kilometers that day, and this is the high point. On the uh, Camino de Santiago French route, because there's all different routes like we mentioned earlier, and you can see there's like this giant pole next to us, and, and then a cross on top. And yeah. basically, what this is is a place where people will bring a rock either from the beginning mm-hmm. of the journey or from the, their home country, or from their home country or home state or wherever, and then you'll leave it here at the base of the uh, the cross. And then, like, we just went up, said a prayer, kind of reflected, and, uh, you know, th- thought about all the things that we're grateful for that, that we had experienced so far, and um, it, it's just pure beauty. I don't know if I got... Oh, we got the, the sunrise, sunrise that, that, that morning. Day. That
2: was our earliest yeah. day on trail. Yeah, we
1: started at 530.
2: Because there is a mountain to summit after Los Horarios, and... Um, a lot of our friends, they had already done it the day before in the super hot heat. <laughs> and we decided to stay back in a different town, and we would summit the mountain the next day. We got up extra early to do it. It was beautiful. Sunrise was gorgeous.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and that same That's day, awesome. it, it is so hot, man. It so is hot. so hot. And we found... um there's like a bridge going into one of the towns, mm-hmm. maybe an hour walk before where we were sleeping. Yes. And I convinced Bridget to <laughs> jump into, um, there was like a swimming hole there. Uh, they had it dammed up.
2: It looked like a giant canal is what it looked like, a super yeah. wide canal. <laughs> it was a river,
1: but. yeah. Um, it you, was
2: really deep, like eight <laughs> feet deep, and I could see the bottom. And it freaked me out because I could see all the way down, and I saw how far it went down, how deep it was. That's great. Oh, it was so scary. It, finally,
1: yeah, and she got finally. to she got to conquer some some fears there. Yeah, it's I don't know, it's indescribable. But to answer your question about the the countryside and stuff, I mean, it's it's a lot of road walking, mm-hmm. but also like the The ancient remnants are still there. Mm-hmm. So, like, you may walk across uh, an eight hundred year old stone bridge that you know the Romans had built. Mm-hmm. Or that
2: was a really cool bridge. That was true. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you may walk. Um, you may walk along the road, but then on the left there is a thousand year old Catholic church church ruins that you can mm-hmm. go check out. So, I, it's like. Every day, there's a different highlight. Like, I'll give you That's one awesome.
2: more. Oh, and the flowers.
1: So, we went on this day. This is my favorite day. We done 41 <laughs> kilometers. It was actually on Bridget's wow. birthday. Wow, what is that in miles? Uh, 28
2: point something, I believe. 20,
1: 41 kilometers is oh, 25, 25 Sorry, and two. a half miles. So That's awesome. We uh, we went on this day, and it was actually... I believe we were hitting the halfway point that day, too, mm, in Sahagun. Maybe. Because that's Yeah, the, cause I think
2: that's from Sahagun. So,
1: if you look at this picture, you can go in and get a halfway credential of, like, the 800 kilometers or so that you're doing. But to make a long story short, we did 41 kilometers on Bridget's birthday, and um, we had missed dinner because 41 kilometers is a lot to do in one day, no matter how early you get up. And we had some confusion with this lady who is one of the hosts at the albergue that we were staying at. And but she took a liking to us. She took us out, bought us drinks. Um, she introduced us to this guy, Sanine. At Bar Elvis. Bar Elvis, which is in the guidebook. It's apparently a famous bar. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know there wasn't any food there, but we kept telling her, like, it's okay. She was concerned because the kitchen was closed at the albergue. She's like, on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, should have said on booking that it was closed, and but y'all are too late. Inch. Yeah, But she took us out gotcha. here, and this guy was a wild man. He um, was insane. It come up that it was Bridget's birthday just on yeah. accident while we were there, and he had a stereo here behind him. So he's got a stereo here. Yeah. He's got, oh, let me get uh, back to it real quick here. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a stereo. He's got a cash register below it. Uh, down here, he's got, like, uh, his cell phone, his keys, and... The, probably the only gun I saw while we were in Spain. Even a lot of the police don't have guns. Yeah. So, besides really? all the officers, yeah. that and He had a nine millimeter pistol. Now, we here. did
2: find out he's ex military. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. And so <laughs> it kind of makes sense that he has a gun.
1: But in a stereo, we. Uh, He plugs in these USBs, Mm -hmm. and he was trying to find uh, "Happy Birthday."
2: Feliz cumpleaños. Yes,
1: but oh, nice! (laughs) He plugged in uh, a whole (laughs) USB. Art, uh, like USB thumb drive uh-huh. with music, but it was all Christmas music. All so the whole Christmas.
0: bar, <laughs> the whole bar, <laughs>
1: yeah, the whole bar for an hour was singing Christmas music. It and was so uh, funny. Um, the lady and her husband took us back and like got us some leftover for lasagna from the kitchen heated it and up heated it up. Us. It was such an incredible day. It was so nice. Of it's them. it's really the people. I feel like the the mm-hmm. relationships that you build are the highlights and the the sights and the experiences are just like catalysts for you to experience things with those you know in those relationships.
0: Well and that makes a natural move to the next part of this whole conversation we're gonna have anyways, which was the people. So let's (laughs) let's talk about some of these people since we're since we're there now.
2: (sighs) Oh, I'm gonna start this one.
1: Okay. You want me to pull up a picture that's got us all in it?
2: Um I was actually thinking go back to one of our last dinner pictures with um monique okay so the first day di- the first day we split into two instead of doing the one stage in the first day we split into two and so the first night we stayed in um an albergue called orison well we went to dinner too late and they have like these two or three long tables where everybody was sitting communal meals yeah Uh, because they provided the dinner for you there. It was included in like your stay. Um so they had these two or three long tables and then they had a couple of smaller round tables on the side. And we came down and all the long tables were filled up, and so Jeremiah and I ended up sitting at a table, just the two of us. This is our first night, and our whole purpose was to meet everybody and hang out and talk and enjoy dinner together, but then As much as we love each other, we still wanted other people to have conversation with. Um, And one of my favorite people in the whole world on the trail, she showed up that night late after us. Um, Her name's Monique. She's from Australia. And uh, she ended up sitting with us because she came in so late and we talked. We had great conversation and we stuck together for the next, I guess, two Two and a half weeks.
1: Yeah, I had dinner with her yeah. and Michaela, who was also at Orison that night. But we didn't, you know, get to know her until Monique introduced us. next day in
2: Ronce mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So.
2: That, but- um, this is one of my favorite pictures. This is one of our last dinners together. But she became one of my favorite people we met on trail. And I think it all happens the way that it's meant to like, uh, you, people are put into your life and put into your path on purpose, whether we realize it or not. And uh, she was definitely meant to be there that evening. We are so happy to meet her. Um, we ended up having to split ways later on down the trail because she had a deadline and we didn't. Um, but she was still probably my favorite person on the trail that we met. One of them, anyway.
1: Yeah, it was actually her second Camino. Mm-hmm. Um, what you find... Oh, wow. You find a lot with the people that you're walking with is t- a ton of them have at least done part of the trail before, mm-hmm. or have done a different route, or have done it multiple times. Yes, and it just kind of calls you back. And on her first trip, um, she made it to a certain point. I think it's about mm-hmm. two weeks in if yeah. you start at Saint Jean, and she had collapsed, and she had actually. Fallen and shattered her orbital bone and had to have like emergency plastic surgery and yeah. stayed in the hospital for like a oh, week wow. in Spain. Yeah, pretty insane. So the trail called That's her crazy. back, and uh, she was actually able to complete it this time. Yeah, which is wonderful.
2: So amazing. Yeah.
1: And the other guy that was in the picture, his name's Raph. He is Raphael. He is uh he is a, he's a Brit. Yeah, He's a super could. cool guy, and he kind of stuck with uh, Monique and Michaela. And Michaela. Mm-hmm. But if you fast forward, we ended the trail with these people. Yeah. We, we got uh, Clemens. She- <laughs> we met him that day in Los Arcos that I was talking about earlier that our luggage went missing. Didn't get to finish that story. Maybe we'll come back to it later. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> but uh, Bridget said that they wouldn't accept luggage at the municipalities. But we met uh, Clemens that day. We had met these three German girls, Ellen, Tabia, and Gina. Uh, we met them, I think, the day prior or maybe the, the – at lunchtime that same at lunch, day, lunch
2: sometime at lunch of the same realm of time.
1: Yeah, maybe a couple days before. Yeah, and then we also had um, Hiram. Hiram here in front. He's from Miami, but lives in Spain. We had. I don't
2: remember when we met him.
1: No, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, we have Yoni. Uh, really, Jonas. Jonas. Yoni. Uh, yeah, Jonas. I think is how you pronounce it in German. But and then we have Jan. Or as I like to call him, Jan, but all the Germans make fun of me because it's supposed to be like a short, on-point name, Um,
2: (laughs) Jan. We drag it out because of the Kentucky accents.
1: Yep, and then at the last minute, we also picked up Nick, who is a Virginian um, here from the States, and then, of course, me and Bridget. So that was like our core group of uh, ten people that we Mm -hmm. finished the trail with and i mean they're from all different places half of them are german we got five germans here we got the flying dutchman here (laughs) clemens from the netherlands you got us four americans to round out the group so uh it's just an incredible like indescribable relationship that you build with these people because you know i've talked a lot about the long trail in the past on this podcast and um (laughs) <laughs> can i to show something to you yeah sure
0: since you just said that Um, uh, jeff peters actually posted this earlier he goes looks like now Jer- like jeremiah can now add that one time on the camino to his favorite <laughs> 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 just one time on the long trail <laughs> it's so accurate
1: <laughs> but you know on the long trail i've talked about my trail family and who all i've backpacked with and how you build this bond together and the same thing is true with um. Uh, this Camino and Bridget got to experience some of like mm-hmm. just a taste of the love that you get for this group of people where you have this shared bond and purpose and you eat yeah. dinner together every day, or mm-hmm. uh, maybe you go out and have fun together or, you know, you walk and talk during the day. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's hard to describe what What would you say about uh, the relationships and the people that, that we met along the way?
2: I think you find it surprisingly easy to get to know a person while you're walking um it yeah. can start off with like oh i recognize that backpack i know jeremiah recognized a bunch of Hyperlite backpacks along the way so that's a conversation starter or oh hey i saw you earlier today at lunch how was your walk since then mm. um you get these typical get to know you conversations where did you start at what day did you begin the camino how far are you going um and all of these things that you already have in common anyway are ways to start conversations which lead into silly jokes and um other get to know you questions and it it just happens so organically and so naturally that it's very amazing very surprising so uh clemens the flying dutchman (laughs) he um He's done the Camino four times. This was his fourth one. Um, So he kind of became like the father of the group in a sense. Uh, I say that lightly. Like he just, he'd already done all of it (laughs) except for the last section after Santiago. So he was a wealth of knowledge and that was helpful. But he was also just a super sweet, kind person. And his English is amazing, but he just says things in a different way than how we would say them. Uh, so it made us just connect automatically. So it's just really that's cool awesome. how it, how it happens so organically.
0: Yeah. It, I'm just imagining Jason, <sighs> just guy kind of Jason, sir, right now, just hearing that story and then going you got one life, live it. That's all, that's all I'm thinking right now, you know, is yeah. that, that he would be thinking that right now. Um, okay. So, so you met some incredible people. Yes. Yeah. You saw some incredible sights. Yes. So I want to know what is something that you're going to take away from this? Um, The one, like we asked Dixie when she did Kilimanjaro, what was the one thing you took away from it? And for her, it was the porters, the people that carried her stuff for her and did all the work and all that. What is the one thing that you're going to take away from this trip that more than anything else uh, you're going to remember or is going to stick with you?
3: Hmm.
0: (laughs) It's a tough question. Uh, I'm here for the tough questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I do. I think for me, it just like uh, it reiterates the fact that life doesn't have to be complicated. Like, I'm a big advocate that two of the most important uh, check boxes that you can check mark off in life to be happy purpose. Whatever that may be for us, it was like a destination that we were trying to walk to every day. But for you, it could be anything. You know, it could be reaching a certain part in your career or giving your children the best life possible or, you know, getting a super strong relationship with whatever you consider your creator to be. You know, it just depends on what your life is and your lifestyle, but you need some type of purpose. It can be anything. And then secondly, you need strong relationships like like love shared between people that you can share life with. So if you can check mark those two boxes, I think you realize that you don't need all the extra in life. It's awesome having this great house and vehicles and, uh, you know, all the material things that I have. Mm -hmm. But life is more about you know, your purpose, your drive, and sharing it with other people. And then everything else is just like icing on the cake.
0: So that's awesome. That's what okay, I think. Okay, Bridget, follow that up. <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> um,
2: one thing I took away was things aren't as bad as sometimes I make them out to be. Um, I tend to be a super warrior. I have always been that way. It's really annoying, and I wish I wasn't so much like that, but it doesn't do me any good, and everything works itself out in the end anyways, and I have a renewed appreciation for believing in if it happened, it was meant to happen, and that gives me a lot more confidence just going forward. Like, I feel a lot better in myself and my abilities and <laughs> in my emotional strength, um, I feel a lot more confident in like my relationship with Jeremiah and just the way I see myself in general. Um, it makes me want to adventure a whole lot more to see what else there is out there in life for me.
0: That's awesome. Beautiful. Great answers. <laughs> Great answers. And, and I want to give you guys props too, because a lot of people won't realize this if they're, if they're watching or, or listening, and that's the fact that you're both sick right now. <laughs> Jeremiah actually is supposed to be kayaking right now. <laughs> and uh, he is not feeling well and, and Bridget's not feeling well. And they are on here anyways. And uh, you guys have been awesome today.
1: Thanks. You want
0: to you wanna, um, hear Hi. some stories before we wrap up the show? Well, there's one story that, that's being asked for currently. All right. And you knew it was going to come.
2: <laughs> yeah, I see that. And, <laughs> and the question
0: is, any any poop stories from this trip?
3: <laughs>
2: so,
0: uh, you know, do we have those? Poop stories. Well, let me start
1: with um, the bathrooms on trail. Uh, understandably so, a lot of the establishments don't want you just walk in and use their restrooms without yeah. buying anything. So... You walk through a town, like I said earlier, anywhere from zero kilometers to 10 kilometers. Sometimes you know, more. Sometimes more, but it's pretty rare that it's more than 10 kilometers yeah. in between villages. So, um, for some reason, some of the toilet seats don't exist. Like you walk in and it's just a toilet. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no, no toilet seat there's on no those seats.
0: So, you're saying you, you guys were dealing with the hover poops?
1: Yeah, sometimes you just, I think, sit down on the porcelain throne, no seat. I think sometimes yeah. you hover. It depends on the situation. I can't speak for Bridget.
2: I don't think I hovered any. I always just sat down. If it needed to be wiped off, I wiped it off. I didn't poop in the <laughs> woods, I will say that. I peed a lot in the woods, but I didn't. No pooping in the woods here.
0: <laughs> yeah. For, she won the game,
2: Jeremiah.
1: She won, I definitely lost the game. There was, so,
0: I... Wait a second. Wait a second. Let's think about this for a second. <laughs> for 500 miles, Bridget, you won the game. That is so true. I'm
2: amazing. For 500
0: miles. <laughs> five centuries of hiking.
2: Yeah. Five centuries. not centuries, because that's I time. love it. That's but funny. still. <laughs> yeah.
0: 500 miles. I can't believe never it. in the woods once. Nope. I did not. That's it. a poop story in and of itself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did take uh, like a poop kit. But Mm -hmm. at the last minute, like I was, I was trying to figure out if we were going through enough wilderness that there were going to be spots where you could actually pull off and do your business in the woods. And really there wasn't that many opportunities because like, you know,
2: road walking, a lot of openness
1: and maybe a third of the trail is through the Mazetta. Yeah. And that's all like just flat or rolling hills of crops. Or just like it feels like flowers. a desert. It's just like a hundred degrees and just blisteringly hot, and there's nowhere to really hide. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of other pilgrims. So mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, you don't you don't want somebody walking up and interrupting you while you're pooping. So, I will tell you, one of my buddies, um, Jake, who we haven't mentioned before, he's he's also a teacher. There's so many teachers. Oh, yeah, that we met. Very
2: teacher well, that's oriented. Because you got summers off, man. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <role>.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I guess a lot of the teachers come. They travel over or come from a different country, um, nearby Spain. And Jake describes it as like a 500 mile bar crawl for teachers <laughs> because you can get an adult beverage of your choice yeah. at any hour of the day, and yeah, like much. personally. You know, if I want to drink a beer or something, I'm not going to start, as we mentioned earlier, at 7.30 in the morning. But some people do. Some people have a beer with their coffee because Mm -hmm. there's no rules. You do whatever you want. Yeah, you're out there on vacation for six weeks just walking. Mm -hmm. So I think there may have been uh, an occasion or two where we had some adult uh, adult beverages, (laughs) and that speeds up your digestive system, which means that, you know, you can't. You you're not giving your body enough time to really digest properly, so then you got to poop like uh, five times the next day, because your body is like, why did you drink so much? So
0: so how many miles did you make it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see.
2: It was one of the last peaks.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say.
2: Quite a while.
1: Yeah, I think I went pretty far. Maybe like at least uh, halfway. Yeah, maybe like three or four hundred miles, like yeah. toward the end. And uh, I can't a, find the picture, so it was I don't know. the day where
2: we had the picnic tables and we stopped at the mountain. Uh, at yeah, the top. I remember We're walking with Clemens because
1: I was like, "Man, I'm so thankful that there's this patch of woods here." So mm-hmm. like, Bridget, me and Bridget, and this other guy, which I don't, I don't remember his name now. He's from the UK.
2: I want to say his name was John. honestly i think it was 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 john John, i'm
3: pretty sure
2: there's a lot of johns john
0: (laughs) but anyway together united bridget was
1: me him and her were like sitting at these picnic tables and we had reached the peak Mm -hmm. and uh
2: whatever day it was
1: yeah so it's the highest point but it was all like i feel like there's so many plots of woods that were man-made Like, I don't know if they log out the areas, and then they just plant rows and rows and rows of Mm -hmm. pine trees. And I remember I was like, all right, Bridget, if you and him are going to hang out here, and y'all are just like having, I think we're having a sandwich or something that Mm -hmm. we had packed in. I was like, I'm going to have to find a patch of woods over here. So then I meandered off, uh, found a cemetery. Kept going past the cemetery. I was gonna
0: say, tell me you did Okay, good. I didn't I was desecrate for a second. I was like, wow. Um, that's a bad choice. No, I didn't desecrate and defecate the cemetery.
1: I went on past the cemetery, found a, a private spot, but you just never know. There's like you think that you have enough time and then there's like thirty Box that just zoom past you oh on the Camino, ding their like ding ding ding, ding in their little <laughs> bells, and then they drive past at thirty thirty miles an hour, and They're just so fast. surprise you. Yeah. So sometimes you think you have enough time, but in this case, I would found the only private spot, in I felt like a hundred mile radius, mm-hmm.
0: and that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Lost the game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but other than that, I think that. um We mostly had just your standard bathrooms. Like we would, we were willing to pay most of the time a little extra to have a private bathroom at the hotels Mm -hmm. because otherwise you're, you don't really have a whole lot of privacy. Like the Albergues, most of the time, I feel like they're shared bathrooms. Mm -hmm. So if it's Mm. like a big dormitory style, then it'll just be like, Sometimes just, like, one big bathroom that maybe has three shower stalls and mm-hmm. then three toilet stalls, and then whoever goes in there goes in there. And yeah, you sometimes
2: know. it was men and women in one shared bathroom. Uh, most of the time they had, like, a men's side and a women's side, but mm-hmm. um, that was really interesting to get to work through whenever we first yeah. got there. <laughs> yeah, because you, you have
1: some people, I don't know if it's, like, a European thing, but they just don't care about being naked in front of other people. Nope. So, like... I guess it's pretty standard, like going to the sauna. You take your clothes off, or mm-hmm. you know, there's certain. So it's
0: backpack. It's like backpacking with Miyagi and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess,
1: I guess you just, could say that.
0: I was just gonna put that out there. You're yeah, gonna, if they're listening to this. they they know I'm telling the truth.
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got uh, you know a European guy toweling off just outside the shower, yeah. not a care in the world, or you got a woman just changing clothes next to the bunk, and you're like, well. This is uh, definitely unique, a unique situation that I'm not used to, but I guess you kind of grow accustomed, but I still preferred my privacy, so I was Mm -hmm. willing to pay a little extra and and get a little private bathroom. But uh,
2: Another option we opted for was a private room with a shared bathroom, so typically that bathroom is shared with like four rooms. Um, We did that a couple of times, which is Mm -hmm. still more private than the albergues because you have... It's like one toilet and one shower and one location instead of stalls. Um,
0: so it's kind of like your traditional bed and breakfast setup. Yeah. yeah. Similar to or something like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now we did we did get, um, I think, three separate occasions. Nope, two for us. Three if you count the rest of our amigos. Two times we got like an Airbnb, like mm-hmm. an apartment or what they, they just call it a flat um, so we got an Airbnb together with I our kind of core group.
2: We only did that once with everybody.
1: Now we did it once as a trial run, I believe.
2: Oh yes, that's right. And or Santiago,
1: Ellen paid for it. And then we all like gave her cash or been yeah. motor. And then when we got right. to the final destination, Santiago de Compostela, mm-hmm. where, um, a lot of pilgrims, you know, they end their hike. We actually mm-hmm. kept going four more days to the end of the world. Vistera. Yeah. But we got an apartment there, and there was two bathrooms that we shared at this apartment mm-hmm. in the middle of Santiago, yep. this pretty good-sized city, and there was 10 of us staying in the flat together. So we had one, two, I think four bedrooms, or was it five? Mm. Five bedrooms, two bathrooms.
2: I think five bedrooms and two baths.
1: But there was a problem. One of the problems is you have ten people sharing two bathrooms, so that's That's a lot. That's a lot to coordinate on showers and pooping and all that stuff. Yeah, and half are girls, half are boys. So, Mm -hmm. and also another thing that made it complicated is um, the the nights. The first night that we were there, we had completed our walk, right? Like we went, got our certificates,
2: we'd gotten our. Yep, all the things. We got our
1: Compostelas. Mm -hmm. We got our certificate saying that we had completed the walk. We didn't have to walk any farther. And we had started at the beginning of the French Way. So we went out and celebrated. And we stayed out really late, like 4 or 5 in the morning. You know, just bar hopping, going out with friends, whatever we wanted to do, wandering around Mm -hmm. the city. It's a giant celebration. You just spent the last five weeks walking from France all the way to Santiago, like really far west in Spain. Mm -hmm. So we got back... Um, you know, we start getting ready for bed and everything. Bridget goes on. We Bridget and I, we picked out the nicest room in the flat because I'd, I'd paid for it. And then everybody had to PayPal me the money or whatever.
2: But let me add to right. you that. Jeremiah's is super tall and one of the tallest people <laughs> yeah. there. And in even our private bedrooms, the beds were sometimes still too short for him. So we wanted to find the biggest bed. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't hang off of it.
1: Yeah. Cause my feet hung off like literally every single yeah. bed every night for
0: five or six weeks
1: so there's you know it's kid.
0: funny it's funny you say that because i got a friend in town right now from india yeah and and in his pictures he's taller than everybody in every photo and he gets here and i think i'm a half inch taller than he is
3: oh wow, wow.
0: well so it's uh, if you were to go stunning. to india buddy you'd be in real trouble yeah my
1: i'd probably be uh my legs hanging off from yeah. the knee down i mean oh yeah elf. oh yeah well, we got a queen size in that flat and a big bed. It was a nice it's room. It's wonderful. Probably
2: one of the nicest rooms that yeah, we've
1: seen. With a with a view overlooking part of the city. Multiple you know, the city street is beautiful. It's incredible. Two wardrobes in there. Well Bridget goes on to bed, she falls asleep. I come in, I sit down on the bed, start flossing my teeth, you know, I'm about to go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, and I look over at Bridget. And there are just bugs crawling all around her head. And I was like, what is that? Are those roaches? What? Uh, what is going on? So I had
2: no idea. I wake her
1: up, and I'm like, Bridget, there's bugs all around your head. And she's like, what, what?
2: I jumped out of the bed and, like, shook my hair out and looked at the bed, and I saw them, and
0: I was like, yeah, it gives you the heebie-jeebies, right? So, so what mm-hmm. kind of bugs are we talking about? Are we talking like gnats or are we talking like well,
1: I flies? Well, I remember, this was like 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. You know, after celebrating all night, the sun's starting to come up. Yeah. And we haven't slept. And I see all of these bugs crawling around. And, you know, at first I'm like, I can't tell what they are. And then I take a closer look and I start pulling the sheets and scooting the bed out. And then I see more and more just kind of like, you know, they're going everywhere um, out like the box spring area. And I was like, I think that we got a bunch. I think there's a roach infestation in this bed. And
0: uh, Oh, wow.
1: And then uh, everybody else is either asleep or not at the flat. You know, they're somewhere else in the city who knows where. Yeah. And all I want to do is go to sleep. Yeah, (laughs) at this point. And... I tell Bridget like pack everything up. I'm gonna go find us a hotel, mm-hmm. and we um, didn't want
2: to wake everyone else up, especially if it was just our room. You yeah. know, everyone else might have been sleeping yeah. just fine, no problem.
1: So I, uh, I look. I can't find anything online. Also, I Google. Because we hadn't dealt with bed bugs literally the entire time, hadn't seen the one
2: The entire time, and only one
1: That's of our impressive friends. Because
0: you hear that being a problem for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, but this I was think
2: thirty-five days into the hiking.
1: Yeah, thirty-five days of walking. Wow. Yeah, hadn't seen one, and only heard about one.
2: One situation. Yeah, with
1: uh, Felix, mm-hmm. and that was it the whole time. Yep. And That's so impressive. I googled, and sure enough, like the pictures match exactly. And the description matches exactly with our situation. So it was bed bugs. So it was definitely bed bugs. And I look and I like walk in and I'm comparing the pictures, like holding my phone Mm. up next to the bugs. And I'm freaked out. And I have Bridget, I'm like, pack all this stuff up, you know, overlook everything. We had our suitcase just open in the floor, stuff just thrown everywhere. It's five in the morning. She I'm starts packing all this up
2: and making sure there's nothing coming with us.
1: Yeah, and I start walking around the city looking mm-hmm. for a hotel because I can't find anything. And I I bet I walked for thirty minutes to every hotel within you know a certain radius. And then I just I'm shivering. It's cold. It's like fifty degrees. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt somebody had stolen my pants Someone so i didn't have pants to wear pants. and uh, i went back <laughs> <Wow>. to the, <laughs> yeah. i went back to the flat and got my jacket and put it on and then went back out into the city and walked for another 30 45 minutes and dude i was willing to pay whatever it cost at any hotel to get out of this flat and i hit yeah. every hotel around mm-hmm. five star four star anything yeah from zero stars to five star and multiple guys you know they think you're just some drunk pilgrim that you know is locked out of their albergue because the doors lock at a lot of these places at 10 like it's lights out yeah, there's a
2: curfew in a lot of the bigger albergues yeah
1: but yeah. obviously we didn't want to curfew the night yeah. that we arrived because we want to go out with our friends so um Anyway, long story short, I couldn't find any hotel. I come back, and we slept for like an hour and a half, two hours on the, on the couch. couch in the living room. Still, like, yeah. feeling creeped out because, you know, Iggy, anytime you unsure. see the bugs, oh, yeah, 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 you, yeah. Think, you feel like they're crawling all over you the rest yeah. of the time. So
0: yeah, 100% agree with you. Awful. We
1: got a hold of the, like, the lady that owned the flat, and... Mm-hmm. You know, everything's complicated because everything is in Spanish, dude. Of course, it's Spain. So everybody speaks Spanish. Mm -hmm. You're having to communicate in Spanish. So I'm Mm -hmm. texting the Airbnb lady. She only speaks Spanish. We only have one member of the group that
2: um, is fluent in Spanish. Fluent, totally
1: fluent, formal and informal in Spanish. But God knows where he is, you know. (laughs) And I have the lady to come the next day, and she's freaked out. And basically she gives us back 150 euros. and So that kind of
2: covered our room for the two nights that we had booked the place
1: for. We didn't find any other form of bed bugs. I think Bridget's almost recovered. Is your arm still got some bites Um, on it? I don't you, know if you can you see, can't it really see it on camera. So you got you got
0: bitten up by those bugs. Oh she, my! Her face,
2: forehead was covered. I had a couple oh, of wow. bites right here. My arm, and then a couple of places on both legs. Because I had literally no idea. I yeah, she was laying there, there for an hour. I was just sleeping. It was so late. I was dead to the world. <laughs>
1: yeah, and wow. yeah. and we were still walking another four or five days. Well, so, um, go ahead. If if the bed bugs get in your suitcase, they're obviously going to go with you. Yeah. So we had to right. wash everything, everything, dry everything, yeah. and ev- any normal task is a pain because yeah. you're a pilgrim. So you can't just like go into your washroom mm-hmm. and do laundry. You got to find a laundromat in the city and yeah. you got to pay extra for it and then you got to stay there and change the clothes.
2: Well, we hadn't been saying to change the clothes until my jeans and Jeremiah's hiking pants got stolen out of the dryer at one of the laundromats. At least we're pretty certain about it.
0: That's (laughs) insane. Yeah, but it wasn't
2: until Santiago, so we kept our pants most of the time. Yeah,
1: and there was a homeless guy living under the stairs next (laughs) to the laundromat, but he was gone whenever i went back the next day so maybe he took her pants and ran but i don't know i don't know bridge's pants wouldn't fit him i mean she's small
2: <laughs> we kind of thought it might maybe he couple. had a girlfriend yeah. yeah
1: maybe he had a homeless girlfriend that's kind too. of what
2: we thought something yeah. like that
1: i don't know but anyway that was her that's our only bed bug situation
2: yeah <laughs> on and the it, whole trip and apparently they didn't follow us and like we must have gotten rid of them or kept them away because we haven't seen any signs of them those yeah. few days after and they are not here at the house. Like we're doing okay.
1: Yeah, none of our uh, none of our friends either. No, had, we had one buddy that stayed in the flat too. That had three or four bites, but he on thinks his back and on, on his, his back,
2: face up at the top. there was but one, but
1: he thinks that they were from coming into our room, so that I could show him and he could translate with the lady yeah. on the flat. Ah, uh, yeah. So I <laughs> don't know if bed bugs jump or they just crawled on him or his bed had them too.
0: But also, I don't think so, you know, because Well, here's the thing, Jeremiah. Bugs like sweet
1: things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your wife ended up with all the bites, and you didn't. So I'm telling you something right there. I'm I'm bitter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get one single bite.
0: I'm sorry, Bridget. It's
2: okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they don't
0: like grizzly men, dude. They just uh, they're not. (laughs) Not about it.
2: I'm sure I have
1: uh, sure I have a lot of other stories from the trip. But but uh,
0: but here's the best thing. Now, as we're talking with other guests and stuff, you are now able to say, Well, one time on the comedian, those <laughs> no stories will come up now. And we've got brand new stories that are not long trail related.
1: That's true. Fun. We'll get to unpack well, them great. as we go this into the new season here on the backpacking podcast.
0: Yeah, this has been fun because this was not planned as far as a live stream, but I was like, Ah, we might have some people pop in and leave some notes and stuff. And they have, if people have less comments, and that's been pretty cool. But I'm just glad you guys are back in the States. I know you're probably missing the Camino right now, but those of us who love you here are glad you guys are back in the States. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much. It's it's good to be back. We're going to rest up, recover and get back out and try to get some backpacking and some lake life in before we head back to work. Life
3: For sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) i missed the lake while we were gone (laughs) head out on those kayaks go
1: for a swim yeah and also uh, get back out in the the local woods we actually already did do one hike we did since we've been back
2: half mile out half mile back
0: yeah just
1: to a a good local view so it's beautiful definitely more backpacking to come
0: absolutely and uh look forward to more episodes coming up soon for us as well because uh I have things I want to talk to you about, but not today because this is all about the Camino <laughs> only. So,
2: thank you we for will letting talk me talk about
0: those at another time.
2: Thank you for letting me be on the podcast with you guys today.
0: Letting you, yeah. I requested that you hear <laughs> me. That. It's our
2: pleasure.
1: I, and also, in a future episode, um, I have talked to a couple of my friends already that. We're part of our trail family, mm-hmm. Clemens and Yon uh,
2: specifically.
1: Yeah, and and they would love to come on, and you know that'll give us a lot of other um, experiences and stories to tell and share with everybody. So it's going to be, be awesome. Great.
0: We're going to have a lot of fun. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, for myself and for Jeremiah and Bridget, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, adios, folks. Yeah.